Howdy, folks. Howdy. 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 Howdy, folks. Well, it's good to have you back here listening in on what? Well, the words that I cipher together for your listening enjoyment. Uh, I please, I please myself to talk about this pod, to talk about my topics on this podcast. And that's good for me. Hi. That's good for me. It's good for me. Hi. Um, that's good for me. Hello. Um, I believe in this. You know, what's interesting is that we live in a, we live in a time where entertainment is composed of like, uh, all of the entertainment, like YouTube people's personalities and that kind of thing. Like if you're an artist, you're, we live in a time where your artistic project is just your personality. And it didn't used to be that way. There used to be more hidden about what your art was. Uh, or at least, you know, at least as far as the current, as far as the current time is concerned, um, there's a lot of people that their art is just their personality. And really the artistic part of it is like we're trying to figure out the artistic value of people themselves rather than of just a project that they produce like especially if you're a youtube personality or just a podcast if you're a solo podcaster if you're solo because i mean that's what i'm talking about is an artist is a solo producer of art or like that kind of artist somebody who's a painter or a like you can still paint unfortunately paintings aren't paintings just don't get the respect that they used to but paintings don't get the respect they used to that's because there's too many paintings like we've been inundated with paintings over the course of humanity's existence there's lots of people that have made paintings and at this point like it's kind of the same with photography is that uh it's kind of the same with photography at this point. We've been inundated with so many different photographs, different people's takes on photography that we're not, it's hard for us to be interested in one photo over another or understand what art is from a painting. Because paintings got to the point that people were just making abstract art. And then at that point, um, at that point, it's it's hard for just a regular viewer of art to distinguish an abstract painting from just something that they could scribble out at home on a notebook in 30 minutes you know it's kind of if you're just when abstract art becomes the predominant art then it's kind of hard to distinguish its artistic value from just scribbles uh because i mean that's where art that's where paintings needed to go because all other paintings are, um, well, you know how paintings get. It's not, it's not on me to tell you what I, what a painting is, whatever. But people don't really go to art museums anymore. The most moving form of art is pretty much music. And I wonder if you get to a point where, I wonder if music gets to a point that paintings got to, where it's like, uh, there is a time where people were really moved by paintings and you can still be really moved by paintings. It's just that it's not popular 
to be moved by paintings the way that it used to be like sculptures and paintings used to be a more um useful and used to be a more valuable medium of art like pe more appreciated people used used to be interested in the differences between different people between different sculptures like i don't know that today anymore any can it, that anybody can make a sculpture that we're like really wowed by or that anybody can write a poem that we're really wowed by because the because uh the art form of a poem has been too saturated the art the art form of paintings has been too saturated with different data points on what it means for it to be a painting and so really your uh graduation to more artistic value out of something like a painting or a poem is that you would try to expand on what the medium itself is so that you create like that you would create something of artistic value that's a painting at this point would probably mean that you made something that was outside of the definition of a painting or expanded the borders of what it meant to be a painting like but to the point that you you didn't even make a painting you made something new like because that you create something of artistic value is that you create something original that like you have that is that is relevant to people that people find truth in it's just hard to create a painting that people like widespread would find a lot of truth in at this point because uh there isn't enough differentiation one painting to another that anybody would be able to appreciate the the value of of any one painting at this point like paintings are the market is too saturated same with photography and photography i mean that's kind of that's kind of gone as far as you trying to be really artistic with your photography because instagram is just a is a social media photography like professional everybody's a professional photographer on instagram at this point like uh your Instagram feed is full of photos that would have been considered pro professional photography. Like you would have had to go to an authority on photography to get those kinds of photos like 20 years ago, for sure. Like uh, your, your feed is filled with what are, what would have been professional photographs 20 years ago on Instagram. But there, because of, because of the capabilities of, your phones you can put all these filters on your photographs anybody can be a professional photographer but the social the platform itself motivates people towards being better at photography so that they can be uh better in their appearance in comparison to the next person over or at least uh keep up with other people but really it's like it's really it's like instagram is an artistic sort of platform in that way that you um try to present photographs that people like uh as long as the goal is somewhat just to get as many likes out of a given photograph you put on instagram then your goal is to present a image that people find interesting enough to like and the way that like the most interesting photographs that you could do or like the most interesting instagram aesthetic that you could have is one that's stylistic to you specific to you that you have your own style i think like your instagram is probably more 
popular if you have your own style or if you're just naked on Instagram or if you're just or if you're just uh, selling your body on Instagram, that's also popular. But your body is your body. It's not somebody else's. People will find artistic value in one body over another. And like really just that you would photograph, put a bunch of photographs of yourself on Instagram is that you're trying to sell people on your physical artistic value that you have over another person. Um, so you can do that with photography too. It's just like the platform platform is made for photography so at this point like photography is uh overcome by that somebody made a platform that the entire the entire reason for the platform is to try to create new photographs or distinguish yourself with your set of photographs um that's not that doesn't have anything to do with the topic i was going to talk about I'm going to talk about numbers and colors. I will, this is the time, you know, this is the time I talk about the relationship between numbers and colors. I think I'm ready. I've been preparing. I've been doing a lot of pull-ups and push-ups and uh, strengthening my core, um, doing a lot of aerobics and cardio. Um, I've been running, been running, um, just trying to prepare for this i've just been running um i don't care i wake up in the morning i run uh sometimes i end up 40 miles outside of the city um just because i want to prepare you know it's this isn't this i don't take this lightly i i wake up i run um i'm basically emaciated at this point due to my excessive cardio that's not anybody's fault but mine and i understand that but i've also never been in better shape in my life my heart is healthy but i'm not eating anymore uh but that's just in preparation that's just so that i don't get too fat or uh and take too many calories uh so that i can be in good shape for when i talk about the numbers colors podcast it's uh i have leprosy um no no it's just some sort of no i wouldn't have leprosy i would have some sort of skin disease i have an un undiagnosable skin disease that i've gotten in preparation for this color colors numbers podcast um that's really just going to challenge it's really just going to challenge the inner core of my being to uh rise above numbers colors let me talk about numbers colors i'm avoiding it i'm screwed. i don't want to talk about it i'm just like oh no oh no i can't talk about it don't talk about it here it comes here it comes here it comes me talking about the topic at hand do you want me to talk about the topic is that what you want or do you want me to like what is it doesn't really matter you just like if i don't talk about it now i talk about it another time but this is probably agonizing if you're listening but probably not. Like, you're probably sitting down to just listen to the whole thing, whatever the whole thing is. You probably, like, maybe you already devoted an hour. So you're like, well, it doesn't, it's like, it doesn't matter when he starts talking about it. Or, or it is agonizing for you and you're just pissed at me for holding you hostage about the topic. I guess it's just, I'm picturing, uh, whatever. Whatever. But now I'm just being self-indulgent and I understand that. So let me talk about what's important about numbers and colors. Um, 
and not not put so much pressure on myself to talk about it really accurately like uh or what i'm interested about it what i'm interested about the dynamic between numbers and colors is that um and feel free to contradict me in your mind or come up with counter examples to what i'm saying in your mind and say that i'm wrong try to figure out places where i'm wrong and then communicate those to me in some way if you want to it doesn't doesn't really matter. I'm not claiming to be absolutely right. These are just these are just things I think about and theorize about. But what I theorize about is that numbers. It's kind of like the only thing that can match the abstractness of numbers is colors, and the only thing that can match the abstractness of colors is numbers. Like what would be more abstract than that? So you so now your you as a listening audience. Try to come up with a counterexample. Think of something that is abstract as either numbers or colors. Like words are sort of abstract, but they're defined. That's not. It's just that. It's just that colors and numbers are really the only thing, things that can, that can match each other. But the main difference between a number and a color is that a number is a definition or a value or it's a point like a number and i'm just talking about integers i'm talking about integers that's what i'm talking about with numbers and specifically i'd like you to focus on while i'm talking about this the positive half of a number line that is integers so i'm talking that's the domain that i am truncating out of all integers where all integers is uh negative and positive uh integers but i'm just talking about I'm just going to talk about the positive half of a number line. I'm talking about positive numbers. Like uh, Numbers on a number line are points. They're distinguished points, but colors are not points. They are frequencies, but they are more so than that they are frequencies. They are sections of a color designates a section of a frequency or like a... Uh, like a spectrum, a color is a spectrum. That you distinguish a color is that you're, is that you're kind, of, is that you're distinguishing something like a spectrum because if you distinguish a color, what you're saying is that you, out of uh, an existing framework of colors, you specified a new color, and that that the new color that you specify is is like a category in which you can specify further colors. So any color that you specify is a point of reference over a section of area, over a section of area, but it's uh, over a specific, over a section of area specific to the color. So that you specify a color is that you're pointing out a section of color over which that is defined by that color. Um, and that section is something like a something like a spectrum, um, but I'm not totally sure that that works for something like the color magenta, as I'm thinking about it. Because what I read is that magenta is not on the visible spectrum. There are colors that are not on the visible spectrum. Because I'm I'm going to be talking to you today. I'm talking to you mostly in the colors numbers dynamic. I'm talking about the dynamic between the visible spectrum and numbers. And 
and numbers and by numbers i mean integers and i can say integers to mean all positive and negative integers but i'm just going to focus on positive integers because that's easier for me to explain my example or my my theory about some of this uh like so first of all magenta isn't on the visible spectrum that but that's because magenta is is created or they figured out what it was because they combined the wavelength of two colors that were on the visible spectrum they combined the wavelength of two colors on on the visible spectrum to create magenta and apparently the creation of magenta does not cause magenta to fall anywhere on the visible spectrum even though the visible spectrum does contain infinite shades of color it doesn't contain it doesn't contain every color but you already know that just by knowing that there's a gray there's a white black spectrum too and also there's no brown on the visible spectrum there's colors that aren't on the visible spectrum but um something interesting that i read is that all the colors on the visible spectrum have their own wavelength and are not to be are not to be created from the combination of other colors wavelengths like that you would create a color like magenta out of the wavelengths of two colors on the visible spectrum is uh is that you create a color not on the visible spectrum like colors on the visible spectrum only have their own wavelength and can't be created from from the wavelengths of other colors so they're um primary primary colors and it's it's beyond me why we don't devote a lot of time and energy into the truth that colors on the visible all the infinite the any color that has a frequency on the visible spectrum is a primary color apparently because it has a wavelength specific to itself and uh i guess ultimately what i theorize is that you should you should in some way associate prime numbers with primary colors now primary colors we typically understand to be red blue and yellow because for the same reason they can't be created from the combination of other colors but uh uh, I mean, I have some problems with that. Like, the way that I'm describing that every shade of color, the infinite shades of color on the visible spectrum are all, are all primary colors, is that they all have their own wavelength that cannot be created. So in that sense, they are primary, the same way that number, prime numbers are primary because they can't be created from the combination of from the product of two other numbers like six is not primary because it's created from the from two and three and two and three are prime numbers that cannot be created from any other number but six can be created because it's composite and that you use the word composite is that you're speaking to its composition or that it is a compositional number six is a compositional number because it has components is composed of things two and three are archetypes they're uh they're archetypes they're they're originals they're primary they're not composed of components they're their own distinct um yeah they're their own distinct thing but they're they're like an archetype in that way um and really really i need to read more about this idea that uh 
numbers on the or colors on the visible spectrum are their own wavelength and so the visible spectrum is not in any way constituted by any composite color but it really i only learned it a little bit ago that there is a that there are composite colors like and a composite color is magenta where it is composed of two already existing wavelength colors two already existing primary colors and so like multiplication apparently exists for colors the same way that it would for numbers but uh what i'm what i'm thinking about in the relationship between numbers and colors is that you maybe would arrive at something like the prime numbers if you could translate numbers into colors but your translation of numbers into colors isn't significant because you would be able to take like 13 and then map it to aquamarine or something like that it, like that's not really why i'm saying it's significant or why you would find that prime colors were the same as prime numbers um it's it's significant because i'm saying like if you figured out how to speak in multiplication what you would arrive at is something like an infinite uh, framework or an infinite viewpoint where you started at a finite viewpoint but if you arrive at an infinite viewpoint from a finite one that is you arriving at a spectrum from a uh, from something that's not a spectrum and like something that is not a spectrum I would propose is something like a number line because a number line is meant to communicate finiteness specifically and is archetypally a finite frame of reference and it is that because it speaks to the importance of counting and numbering but that you count one thing and then count two things you have three on a number line four on a number line is that you have four manifestations of something that you're counting if you have four manifestations of something you're counting then you then you already know that you have four different instances that are separated from each other that you can count and therefore, therefore you're talking about four things that have different values but um like that you arrive at a number four is that you have a fourth thing possible that's like that's the only way you could describe that there is a four or say that something has the name four is that it has a different name from the original three names so that you continue to count something is that you find new values you find you find new values you find new names and it's kind of like it's kind of like a number um so i'm saying a number line is like an archetypal finite frame of reference but uh um yeah i'm saying a number is a f numbers are f uh, archetypal finite frame of reference but a spectrum is an archetypal infinite frame of reference and as long as i'm making this number color comparison or saying that the only thing that matches the abstractness of a number is a color um i'll use the visible spectrum as your archetypal infinite frame of reference in this case and the number line is the archetypal finite frame of reference um but what i'm saying by that is that numbers and colors have a are predisposed to a duality in that uh that communicates uh that communicates the a duality of finiteness and infiniteness and by that i mean that if you want to look at numbers and understand what infinity is you can do that by 
thinking about counting uh counting numbers up to infinity or what that looks looks like you like get up to a million you're like a million one a million two a million a million three and you keep going as high as you could count and as high as you can count is infinity so you know that infinity does exist for numbers even though i'm saying numbers is uh meant to communicate finiteness but uh what you want to understand is that if you want to if you want to consider infiniteness for numbers you look at colors you look at a visible you look at the visible spectrum because that already shows you what infinity is and in the same way if you want to understand what finiteness is uh by beginning with an infinite frame of reference you look at colors you look at uh, you understand what numbers are uh how you would arrive at numbers from looking at colors from looking at the visible spectrum and so like uh so in that way you see that finiteness is infiniteness and infiniteness is finiteness i'm just saying that like conceptually to understand infinity from numbers look at the visible spectrum conceptually to understand numbers conceptually to understand finiteness when you have an infinite frame of reference you look at you look at numbers for that and so those are two directions that kind of coincide with each other directions like numbers finiteness going in the direction of infiniteness and um infiniteness going in the direction of finiteness at the same time as long as you're considering that duality between numbers and colors um but i'd say the more profound of those two directions is colors to numbers because what you have with numbers is a representation of what what it would look like if you could specify colors infinitely because with the visible spectrum what you have is a generalization and that you could specify colors within the generalization framework within an infinite framework within the visible spectrum that you could specify colors is that you categorize them or that you uh that you could specify colors is that you would categorize them but an ultimate specification is not attainable to us we can't specify infinite colors because we can't comprehend infinity or like it wouldn't it doesn't it's not possible for us to specify every single color on the visible spectrum uh or give but like if you did do that you would give every single color a name or you'd give every single different wavelength on the visible spectrum a different name that's what ultimate specification of every color on the visible spectrum would look like but we're not able to do that instead you have numbers which is that actually like numbers a number line is the specification of every single color or like that you have infinite names because the visible spectrum doesn't give you infinite names but the number line does give you infinite names and then uh inversely the number line doesn't give you um infinite categories but the visible spectrum does give you infinite categories but but by that i mean the potential for infinite categories because what you have between the visible spectrum and the number line is a ultimate generaliz- generalization versus an ultimate specification because number like the visible spectrum or infinity to finiteness is generalization to specification because finiteness communicates specification that you have 
that you have infinite points is that you have infinite different names. And so what I'm saying literally is that numbers are colors and colors are numbers. They just exist at two ends of, the, of a finite, infinite dynamic. Um, and so then the question is, is there a way to... Um, is there a way to map numbers to colors so that you fill in the two ends of that dynamic? Like, is there a graduation you can do from numbers to colors or from colors to numbers that speaks to the ultimate relationship to them or that, or speaks to the translation of the lang of the two languages? Because ultimately they're two different languages that have, uh, that have like dual, they have dual properties. It's just that numbers, I'm saying that colors are numbers, but infinitely, and numbers are colors except finitely, but they are both each other. And so, and so then you want to try to conceptualize what, what it looks like to try to combine a, a language translation, where a language translation between numbers and colors, like if you if you first focus on just a translation, a translation would exist exactly halfway between numbers and colors, and by the properties of it being a translation, it is it is relative to both of them equally, if it's a language translation. It would be the same way if you just focused on what is a translation between Spanish and English. Like a translation between Spanish and English is something that includes both Spanish and English, and we don't even know how to speak to something like that. I would say that a a translation between Spanish and English is like is a medium that is uh, halfway between the two of them. But like if you translate that. Uh, would uh, include every single individual word in both Spanish and English. But if you use, if you look at that horse is horse in English and caballo in Spanish, what you have there is the same idea across two different languages. It's horse in one and caballo in another one. So the translation between English and Spanish would be like a horse caballo, or if you just understood whatever is the median like whatever is the middle thing between those, like a translation between English and Spanish speaks to that both horse and caballo exist. But uh, when what you're talking about with the translation is that you, you're talking about the combining of those two words because it's only the translation that sees both of those words equally. So that translation is halfway between the two languages or halfway between two individual words taken out of the two languages because the translation is the only thing equally relevant to both of them. And so if you were to talk about the translation between horse and caballo, what you would have to do is provide a, a, a rate that uh, you'd have to, a unit conversion. You'd have to provide a unit conversion so that you have like, it would be that you'd have to provide a unit conversion that would look something like caballo over horse that exists in the middle of horse, like you have horse on the left, your translation is caballo over horse, and then on the right you have caballo, so that the left end, and this is kind of like a spectrum where the caballo over horse is in the middle of the spectrum, but it's in the middle because the middle of a spectrum is going to contain the two ends. Of, it's going to speak to the two endpoints of a spectrum equally. 
Uh, so like the horse over Caballo unit conversion is in the middle and then your two ends of the spectrum, which denote the two languages are, uh, are for English on the left and Spanish on the right. And we'll use horse, the medium horse specifically as, as the example. Um, so as horse like translates into caballo left to right you multiply horse times this unit conversion caballo over horse and you arrive at caballo and then uh and then what and then what do you do what do you do on the way back and then uh on the way back you use the same unit conversion it's just that so on the way left to right you multiplied but what you have right to left is a different direction and the different direction does uh, require a different operation because it is not the same direction. It's kind of like a, I mean, it's a backwards movement as long as you've designated the forwards movement to be something. The backwards movement is supposed to be the inverse as long as you're talking about it being a spectrum. So like the right to left across a spectrum is going to be the inverse of the left to right when you consider that the when you're considering the order of elements on a given spectrum is uh is one thing left to right and then the inverse of that ordering is this is the same thing but right to left so what you want to do to talk about the direction right to left is specify a different operation or an inverse operation and i'm and i'll say the inverse operation of multiplication is basically division so that when you convert caballo back into horse right to left at the same time while talking about the left to right horse to caballo translation you divide the horse over caballo unit conversion by you you divide caballo caballo gets divided by the horse over caballo unit conversion going right to left and then you arrive at horse because caballo divided by Caballo over horse is going to equal horse the same way horse times caballo over horse is going to equal caballo. So uh, I just say all that to explain that a translation would be a uh, would be an inerrant multiplication division relationship, like it is inseparably both multiplicative and divisive at the same time, is something like a something like a translation. But you would do the same thing for you would do the same thing for currency like the way that I just described, if you have $1 equals 10 yen, you would uh, multiply it by 10 in one direction and then divide it by 10 in the up while well, while dividing it by 10 in the opposite direction to explain the conversion between two different currencies. Um, but the so what's important about that is that the middle uh, entity the middle figure that i'm talking about there is something that is both multiplicative and divisive at the same time and is something like a translation or it, when you're talking about that you're talking about the middle of a spectrum or just the medium that exists between the two endpoints itself and uh so it's like it's an important thing to consider that and really i would go so far as to say that any multiplication problem you set up should follow that same format that i just described in that if you have three times five equals 15, it is also like it's three times five equals 15 going left to right. But at the same time, it is 15 divided by five equals three going right to left because a multiplication problem is meant to communicate a spectrum. And ultimately I would say that 
any regular multiplication problem like that, you should get rid of the equal sign and just explain the the spectrum format, that it is two directions at one time, because the importance of a regular multiplication problem is the symmetricality of it, but that, but that the two different operations of multiplication and division are happening at the same time, but are spoken about, like the differences between multiplication and division are spoken about in that, in their different directions that, that go over each other. But there is a certain multiplication division just exists that way. There's that duality of them. They're kind of both the same, but they're both, but they're both inverses of each other. When you understand that a, when you understand that a factor is like a seven over one, but a divisor is a seven that is at the same time a divisor is a one over seven. Like uh, the multiplicative instance of a seven would be in the numerator if you're applying it to something. But don't focus too much on that. I would that's like not that's that's too convoluted. What I that very last thing I described about the seven in a numerator being a factor. It's not, uh, it's kind of convoluted to sort that out. But, uh, so what I'm saying is that then between your numbers, the finite, between a number line where you're just considering positive integers, uh, like positive integers would correlate to, uh, uh, colors would correlate to the infiniteness of a visible spectrum eventually. And maybe it's the case that you would need to consider negative and positive integers to correlate that to a visible spectrum. Like that would be a more proper way of uh, conceptualizing the thing that I'm talking about, or like that would be a more accurate theory. Maybe my theory is more accurate if I include negative and positive integers, but I'm just considering it in terms of the positive integers, that the positive integers finitely eventually correlate to colors infinitely, but that the middle part of a entirely numbers to entirely colors spectrum is a translation. Uh, and the translation is something I would propose to be a number color or a number color, which then can be written as a color number, a number color. So like I want to theorize the idea of something that is both a number and a color at the same time, because that's the only thing that would uh, perform the translation between numbers and colors or equally communicate the numbers and colors at the same time. But uh, it would probably then be the case you would be talking about something that is number over color or color over number the same the same thing like color over number would be the same thing as number over color in the same way that so like the translation could be written either of those ways as number over color or color over number but that's because that's because of the middle of a spectrum i'm saying it communicates equalness of the two defining endpoints bookends of the spectrum but also it's it's communicating a fourness more even more so than it is a twoness because what it because it talks about that the right to left like the right to left can be written as the multiplicative direction it's just that if you did that you would have to make left to right the divisive direction and the way that i originally explained it in the horse to cabayo example is that left to right is like always multiplicative um, really what I mean to say is that left to right 
if you make it multiplicative, then right to left is divisive, but you can invert those two also so that you, in the same way that you would end up with like number over color, you can write the same thing as color over number because it's just a, yeah. So like I was saying, it's like I, I would want to try to come up with a translation between numbers and colors or like fill in, but the significance of that would be you find a way to talk about things that are infinite or you comprehend infinity significantly if you understand the translation between finiteness and infiniteness. And I'm saying the, the only way maybe that you could possibly do that is to look at numbers and try to transform them into an infinite framework because numbers are the, it's the only language that would allow you to understand infiniteness, but you shouldn't understand you shouldn't understand infiniteness through numbers just by counting them. You should understand it by uh, comparing what we already know to be an infinite framework and trying to convert numbers convert numbers into that. Because uh, as I've explained before, scientifically we're trying to make a link between quantum mechanics and general relativity and a theory of everything but that's the same thing as trying to convert finiteness into infiniteness so that we can so that we have uh, just a transcendent level of understanding of infiniteness really you you would get there by using what we know now because we only can speak in terms of finiteness like our word in terms of definitions that we create tables and things like that it's just uh part and parcel of that we can't speak in anything other than shapes and definitions and singular instances and but we what we want to do is comprehend infiniteness at some really overly efficient level like you could you could only do that by uh expanding on our knowledge of finiteness so much so that it becomes infinite infiniteness at some point or or basically just that you convert it you could do that by converting finiteness into infiniteness. So there's other fields besides this numbers colors that we see the dynamic between finiteness and infiniteness. And uh, what's important about that is that we have the two ends of it. It's just that to understand, like understanding infiniteness would be like understanding transcendence itself. Like if you knew how to infinitely traverse the universe like that you understand infinity better and better is that you would be able to understand how to traverse infinite spaces better and better basically just that you could conceptualize infinity is that your knowledge exponentially gets more intelligent but like exponential intelligence is something like the understanding of infiniteness so we have in other in some areas the dynamic between finiteness and infiniteness to try to map the way between them like in the dynamic between general relativity and quantum mechanics uh but i would say that maybe maybe the only way that you would really understand infinity is to look at numbers or if you're really concerned with mapping finiteness to infiniteness like I think the best way to do that is to understand is to look at the number lines comparison to a spectrum and specifically the visible spectrum uh, uh, could help you understand infiniteness because because uh, what I propose in the translation between the two of them is not that I would be able to convert 45 into orange 
it is that you would use finiteness to get to infiniteness, basically. But you you could use numbers and like if you understand numbers at more than just a finite level, you could get to infiniteness. But what I'm talking about is that you use the additive existences of numbers and convert them into their multiplicative existences because in I theorize that the multiplicative existence of a number is is a different thing than its additive existence. You should look at it as different. That 18 is 3 times 3 times 2 is different than that 18 has a value of 18 things. Uh, or, or its value of 18 things is its additive existence and its 3 times 3 times 2 is its multiplicative existence. And what you have with the term 18 is something that is relative to both of those or relative to the operations addition and multiplication and and i think like i don't have logic so much in place to describe this but i don't like as much as i would have researched it i would tend towards saying that in that an 18's multiplicative, that the multiplicative existence of numbers is already distinguished by us. We just don't realize that we distinguish it, but we distinguish a multiplicative 18 as an 18i, as distinguished from 18, the additive number. But uh, if you broke down the definition of an i, which is the square root of minus one, you would uh, do some. You would do something like understand what multiplication is. But like your eyes have a lot. Your eyes as complex numbers or imaginary numbers, imaginary like existing in an imagination. Really, like uh, not that not that people would ever describe it that way. And it, like even the term imaginary is kind of misleading because it doesn't describe imaginary numbers like uh but but i'm also saying that the multiplicative existence whether or not an 18i is its multiplicative uh existence as distinguished from just plus 18 um that that's its subjective existence in comparison to its objective existence as 18 objects its objective existence is its value what you have with a number a significant thing about a number though is uh a number is the only thing that for which its name is directly its value because you can number lots of things you can get you can consider all of the top 50 fortune 500 companies in america and they all have a different name and you can just number them one to 50 in the order of their their worth and uh, what you have is 50 different well, you have is 50 different values, so you can distinguish you can distinguish the values of their companies by their names just by that way. And it's not like you would have to look at numbers to see that a value is a name. You, you could look at a company to see that its value is its name, basically. It's just that numbers is the only thing for which that happens directly, for which that if you described a... If you described like a civilization that has borders as being 13, if its name was 13, then uh, its, its value is 13. It's just that we don't name companies or civilizations as numbers, and so you don't directly see that its number is directly its value. But with a number, 
the significance of it is that it is like a name value. It's a name and a value at the same time because it's you can't extricate that 13 is like its existence and what it is valued at. But like a name and a value are supposed to be different things. So you see that they're different things in something like a company. Uh, and maybe maybe it is kind of like upon extricating a name and a value is what you is how you would extricate a number's additive existence from its multiplicative existence or its objective existence from its subjective existence. But like that you would understand the translation between finiteness and infiniteness is that you understand what is relative to both of those things equally, like something that is both objective and subjective. But what you're talking about there is something that exists on the border between like something that exists right in the middle of objectivity and subjectivity is the only thing that could include both of those. But we uh, we don't really have language to describe something that is both subjective and objective for the same reason that we haven't found the theory of everything. But I think I've explained before, like I would say the theory of everything is just the number one because the number one is the only thing that is objective and subjective. It's just that when it's subjective, it kind of becomes infinity. Uh, but that's that's it becomes the color's existence when it's considered subjectively because what you're talking about between a number and a color is a finite point versus a velocity or something that has a wavelength something that is a wave or a full circle you're talking about with a color something that is distinguished by its relative rate or its relative wavelength versus a number is distinguished by its point that is meant to denote uniformity uh, by its by its point that denotes uniformity like if you made a new number um, but uh, what was I gonna say before I'm kind of just building up to something I was going to say I forget what it was like that I wouldn't I'm not talking about translating 45 into orange uh, the way that I would translate numbers into colors so to speak is that I would translate additive numbers into multiplicative numbers but you would that would naturally cause you to arrive at prime numbers because what you have with prime numbers is comprehension in a word prime numbers are the comprehension of uh, regular numbers of of positive integers prime numbers are the comprehension of positive integers because they are comprehensively positive integers or comprehensively any other number but they are that because out of prime numbers are derived any single number basically because prime numbers are something like archetypes uh, and out of which like are born every possible number but you would uh, have to you would have to arrive at a level of generalization to describe the prime numbers, but that's what the visible spectrum is. You'd have to go from specification at the base level, which is what we understand now, in that our points of ref our frames of reference in life as human beings are always finite. We only explain and communicate in finite terms. We understand finiteness, so that's at the base level. We understand specification. It would be the same thing it would be the same thing to say that we live in the present time as opposed to that we live in the past because if you're trying to get back to the past you're trying to describe something that is more generalized but like that you would that you would try to understand towards the base of the tree 
uh, like what came what came out of the base of a tree or like your ancestral tree like that would be you going back in time to understand how the branches formed how like your family lineage came off of the uh, original members of the tree is like that's how you would try to go back in time to understand generalization about your lineage as opposed to the specification that you can see in the present moment so to understand generalization is something like going back in time but that would be you trying to figure out comprehension from all the all the differentiations the deviations that exist off of the generalization in the present moment so it's like with numbers numbers on a number line you have uh you have specifications you have spe that i guess i guess that kind of speaks to the present moment but uh that you would try to understand something that's more generalized is you're trying to understand something that's more comprehensive and prime numbers are comprehensive because uh because there's only a few of them because there's only a few of them that speak to the truth but that speak to the truth of every single integer like prime numbers are 2 3 5 7 11 13 17 19 and upward and then there's more of them but you see that there's fewer prime numbers but it's just that every single number on the number line is built off of prime numbers or is born out of prime numbers uh and in the same way that there's more branches and twigs at the end of a tree than there are towards the base of the tree. So, and so then it's interesting when you realize, when you consider the, that uh, every shade in the visible spectrum is apparently its own wavelength and can, and is not built off of the multiplication of other wavelengths, like uh, that you have more numbers in, that you have more numbers than prime numbers more just like positive integers than prime numbers is that you have numbers that can be built from the combination of prime numbers uh and yeah so that's what i'm saying i'm saying if you understood if you understood how to get to prime numbers you would understand something like an infinite framework is what i theorize or you would arrive at something like colors from numbers where colors just meant to The visible spectrum provides you an infinite viewpoint where there aren't, you don't have a lot of infinite viewpoints that, by which you can look at something and just understand infinity. Uh, so, and I think that you would arrive at the multiplicative existence of numbers by breaking down the definition of I equals the square root of minus one, but uh, coming up with a more complex theory that breaks down the definitions of operations and how they relate to each other like if you can match operations with their proper places like you say that a division multiplication is the same as a translation like if you can match their proper definitions in the right place in the right context like maybe you could uh, you could start to conceptualize what is the difference between a multiplicative nine and a additive nine but you would have to break down what an exponent is what multiplication is you'd have to understand entirely what the difference between multiplication and addition is and uh it's uh we don't do that now we don't focus on mathematics doesn't focus on we don't have bodies of knowledge that focus on like what's 
14 uh, that 14 has multiple existences or is relative to lots of operations um, the same the same thing that I'm talking about is just like a like a number color is like a is like a particle wave wave particle wave particle duality is the same thing because a wave is a number is a frequency I mean a color is a frequency and a number is a point pretty much a number is a point and a wave is a frequency you're talking about like between the that a, that there's something that you would talk about that's a number color like at the point that you propose a number color a duality of both of those like if that hasn't been proposed before that's where that's you already see that the language is evolving to try to include a mapping between numbers and colors at the point that you propose something that is a duality of the two but we don't ever speak of definitions in terms of dualities because uh, because they're inherently supposed to not be dualities a definition is supposed to speak to one idea it's just that it, like it's it's like time and space okay? that there's um, a duality between time and space is that time and space somehow exists at the same thing or we have defined an idea that speaks to two different ideas at once and I think that that is that is the next progression for us in our in our language is to define dualities or understand these ideas that are like dualities like uh, time space but uh, just seems like to me all the dualities that you could conceivably conceivably communicate are all kind of talking about the same thing because a number a number uh, a number color is a it's like a time space whatever one you want to say is like uh, uh, velocity because you're talking about a point versus a velocity here's all the thing here's what a number color is to me here, the same thing that I would say is a number color is basically a wave particle, a time space, a numerator denominator, a multiplication, maybe a, mu a multiplication division, uh, a noun verb, because a noun is a point and a verb is a velocity, in the same way that a particle is a point and a wave is a velocity or a communication of a space but like a velocity if you're talking about a velocity or a verb in order to actualize a verb what you're talking about is that the verb began and then it ended even if you're talking about something like thinking thinking is a verb but it's talking about a motion of something of an entity the entity in that case is neurons neurons moving is the verb for thinking but neurons moving the only way that you communicate that as a verb is that you talk about a point that they started moving and a point that they stopped moving but if you're talking about that you're talking about something like a time frame or a spectrum that is a space closed off by two points as opposed to a noun which is not a space closed off by two points a noun is just a point by itself uh, so a verb is something like the antithesis of a point in that it is two points enclosing a space but two points enclosing a space is a is an infinite viewpoint as opposed to a finite viewpoint a finite infinite is would be the same thing as a number color but that it's a point and then it's 
antithesis, so to speak, which is a space. But a space can only be denoted as being enclosed by two things, really, if you're going to define a space. But you're talking about the space within something when you're talking about a velocity or a time frame or a spectrum. Uh, but they're all, they're all essentially, all of these dualities I'm talking about are essentially the same thing. It's just that they're, uh, you know, they're velocity versus a position, position velocity, you know, and, and really what I'm talking about is like a, is the relationship between integration and derivation, which is the foundation of calculus, like if you're just talking about basically calculus is talking about the same thing I'm talking about really it is because ca calculus fundamentally is the relationship between an, an integral and a derivative where an integral is an integrated existence or a space a space that's enclosed an integrated existence versus its derivative where the derivative uh, is the line enclosing the integration and that is a more confusing explanation for this duality that i'm talking about there's a lot of truth in that duality that's why mathematics goes so much into calculus because they do really want to understand what is the relationship between a space and a and a and the borders of a space but it's it's more confusing than just a than a than me calling the same thing the dynamic between velocity and position because what you're talking about with calculus is an integrated you're talking about the relationship between an integrated thing and the borders around it what you're talking about with calculus is roughly the space within america and its relationship to its border, where the border is something like a derivative, but its border, but it's the same thing to talk about the relationship between area and a circumference. And what's interesting about the relationship, so I, what's interesting about the relationship between an area and a circumference is that, um, well, anyway, whatever. <laughs> eh, forget it. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this more. What else was I going to talk about in the future? I don't want to take away too much from a future podcast episode I was going to make because I've already done talking about numbers and colors and now I'm just killing myself by overdoing the discussion. But like I'm, I'm on a roll. The dualities are, are all essentially the same because they're communicating the same ideas. It's just that your, it's just that your calculus, your calculus is, um, is infiniteness versus finiteness where your integrated existence is something like an in, an infinity and it's disintegrated existence is which is spoken in part by the derivative is is finiteness yes yeah yeah it's just too profound a truth like like i wanted to use a whole episode on that i wonder if i still can it's too profound a truth that that a spectrum is uh, is an integrated existence, meaning that you don't in defining a spectrum you don't talk about the the divisions within it, and if you do talk about the divisions within it, they are arbitrary. With an infinite framework uh, viewpoint like the visible spectrum, what you have is an integrated existence, but upon disintegrating it or making all the integrations disintegrated and separated what you end up with are 
points on a number line. Those are the disintegrated existence of something that used to be integrated, which is the same thing as you arrive at endless specification out of something that was used to be totally generalized. So I'm in talking about number colors, I'm just talking about calculus, but uh, but mathematics is such that uh, mathematics is such that they don't allow for interpretations that expand on what calculus is that would maybe help mathematics evolve in an interesting direction. So that's what podcasting as a medium now allows for the provision of, you know. So I hope you got that last part, the disintegration, because a disintegral is like a derivative, is like a derivative, because a derivative, but actually I can still do an episode on calculus because I got to talk about the specifics of a derivative and its relationship to disintegration. Uh, so basically what I'm trying to do with this is speak calculus out of existence or sum it up to one thing so that we don't in society ever have to talk about it anymore. And maybe you can speak it out of existence by defining it in a more interesting way. That's, uh, that's at least in part what I'm doing by describing the number color dynamic. And it's really lame. I, you probably tuned out before I got to the end, the, the really interesting part of that. Uh, but who knows, maybe you listen to the whole thing. But, but either way, either way, here we are, and I'm still, still doing the discussion. Um, but you guys that listen are, I really appreciate it. I, I like that anybody would listen to my podcast. Don't get me wrong. And, uh, I'll, uh, do more coming up. Bye.